This is Power Players with Dan Clark. That's Dan. Power Players with Dan Clark. Welcome to this episode of our special podcast interviews with the student athletes from my alma mater, my beloved University of Utah. And this episode is going to be one of the more extraordinary interviews of any athlete I've had a chance to chat with because Jaden Rucker comes to us from Mesa, Arizona, Desert Ridge High School. I was born in Mesa, Arizona. We were connected at the hip in that way. But Jaden has a very interesting pedigree. Her father was an All-American track star at Arizona State University in 1991, an All-American. Find out if your mother was athletic at all and if that's just an unfair mix of DNA that's made you this champion this NCAA national champion gymnast and uh, find out about your growing up and what keeps you ticking and why you're such a fine human being who happens to be an extraordinary elite athlete. This episode is brought to you by Master Electrical, a number one supporter of Utah athletics. So welcome to the show, Jaden. Thank you so much. What an honor to have you here. Your big smile, it lights up the whole entire room. Thank you. Your smile is so beautiful and so constant. I think you would kind of tick off people at a funeral because you'd be looking over the coffin and you couldn't <laughs> sad. You couldn't frown. You probably couldn't even just stand there. Everybody's like, why does she think this is funny? <laughs> and Aunt Lucy died and Jaden. So that's a compliment there, Dimples. You're <laughs> Thank amazing. you. Thank you. So let's just go all the way back. So you grew up in Arizona. Yes. And I want to know when you found out that you had this amazing love for gymnastics. Um, so I started, um, I was kind of um, older for gymnastics to start. Um, I was actually six or seven. Um, and I would just like, you know, flip around the house. And my mom was like, I've had enough of this. <laughs> I'm going to put her in a gymnastics class. And um, we just went to visit for the first day, and I couldn't go on the floor or anything, and I threw a fit because I couldn't go out there. So um, I would say literally the first day I started, I fell in love with it. Very cool. So, yeah, for, for parents who don't get that she was very, very old at age six, yeah, most gymnasts, you know, the, the Olympic champions, they start at – you know, just when they kind of roll out of the womb, you know, they do a somersault. And, and so what what was your first experience competing? Teach, teach, us, teach viewers and listeners about the different levels of gymnastics. So you would start at maybe level five and take us all the way up to level 10 and elite. Teach us about that ladder that you climb as, as your tricks Okay. It'll become more difficult and your dedication has to be more intensive. Yeah. So I, um, my first competition was level four. Um, I was doing like handstands, um, some kicks, some somersaults around the bar. <laughs> uh, like a, it's called a handstand flat back. So you like jump on your hands and you just fall to your back on vault. Um, and then I went to level five. Honestly, I would say it's kind of the same skills. <laughs> Um, and then I got to jump to um, level eight. I got to skip level six and seven. <laughs> um, and then and that's 
undercuts the, the, the difficulty of your of your routines, right? Yeah, my coaches said that I was advancing too fast and that I would just put myself, I would set myself back if I stayed in six and seven. So level eight, um, that's where you learn like giants on bars and um, you get to do a backflip off the bar as your dismount. Um, beam, you do like um, slow flips, like front walkovers, back walkovers, a back handspring if you're advanced. <laughs> um, floor was um, just like basic tumbling, like round off back handspring, pulls if you could. Um, and then I went to level nine after that. Um, How old were you with level nine? Ooh, I think I was about 10 or 11. Wow. Yeah. Um, my coaches were really boosting my confidence. They were really making me feel like I was really good. So I went to level nine. Um, that's kind of, I would say level nine is basically what you do in level 10, just like really beginner skills of level 10. Um, and then level 10, you get more comfortable. Um, I think my first level 10 meet, I was 12 or 13. I don't remember. Wow. I could be completely wrong. <laughs> And most level ten would be like high school, high school age uh, girls. I, you know, just to kind of put it into perspective, that you were amazing at a very, very young age. Yes, I was just very young. <laughs> 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 um, You're so funny. Like, if I didn't have these headphones on, I could flip my hair. Oh no, no, no. <laughs> um, and then um, elite is the highest um, level you can go to in gymnastics. That's like. Olympic level, I would say. I never went elite. I stayed at level 10. <laughs> That's good. But as you already mentioned, the four the four events in gymnastics floor and uh, and bars, and even parallel bars, and beam. But I want to know why you chose the scariest <laughs> event of all to excel in where you became the, the NCAA national champion in vault, obviously an All-American, and a co-champion on the floor. So you mix and match the, the, the elegance and artistry of the floor exercise put to music and choreography mixed with Navy SEAL, Special <laughs> Forces mindset, steely eye, you know, antifreeze flowing through your veins, running full speed, and all of a sudden you're going to hit this little <laughs> boinger, and you're going to flip around and hopefully come back to earth within 15 or 20 yards, <laughs> and then stop and get that perfect 10. I want to know how in the world you would choose the scariest and most difficult event to pursue excellence in. Um. Well, growing up, you train all four, and um, as a gymnast, you're normally like, um, or you're either like a very artistic gymnast, like where you're good at really, where you're, oh my gosh, you're good at beam and bars, and then um, you can be good at the other two, it's just like not your strengths, and then the other side is you can be very powerful. So I would say I was a power gymnast, um, so vault always came more naturally to me than like bars and beam did. Um, and for some reason, I never found it that scary. I just, you, and it was quick. So there's not a lot of thinking you can do to it. So 
So all I had to do was run and do the skills, and then hopefully I landed on my feet. <laughs> and if not, you know, you just get back up and you try again. So um, I don't know. I just think the power aspect of my gymnastics helped me, and um, I never really was scared of it until I started doing the bigger, the bigger skills. So teach us about the bigger skills. What most of us have never seen and I want to remind every listener and viewer about this, that when they see you hit a 9.8, when they see you hit a perfect 10, they don't see the literal hundreds of times you've crashed and burned and had to get back up. And the one thing that I appreciated as a parent, as a dad, as a competitive athlete, is that I could go to gymnastics workout, I could watch a meet and when my daughter would crash and burn and had some serious crashes and burns, I would want to rush out of the stands and pick her up and dust her off and say, it's going to be okay. But that's not the culture. The culture is, Jade, get back. No, stop crying. Get back up on that flipping beam. Get back up on those bars. Finish your routine. But you don't understand, my shoulder's dislocated and my left leg's broken and it's in an S-curve. Stop whining, get back up on the apparatus and finish. Yeah. So talk to us about how did you deal with so many crashes and burns until you finally made it through one particular element of your entire routine and then you had to start all over again to learn another one through crashes and burns. Yeah, um, I would say, um... With all the skills you learn, you start at a very safe level. So if I was doing, if I was learning a Yurchenko one and a half on vault, um, I started going into the pit. So it's a no stress like zone when you're doing that. So um, no matter how you land, you'll be okay because you're going into loose foam. So you can't really injure yourself. And then once you get comfortable with that, you can maybe put like one soft mat in and then see how that goes, and you just keep building the mats until you get to competition surface. And you just have so many reps behind you that um, it just isn't scary anymore at some point. Um, but the crashes, when you do happen to mess up on one and you crash pretty bad, um, I guess it kind of depends on the person. Like, um, I'm somebody who loves a challenge, and um, if I can't get something, I'm going to stay there and figure it out until I get it. So um, crashing... It hurt, yeah, in the moment, but I knew that if I just got up and did it again, that I would land it. Also, you have more, you probably have landed more than you have crashed. So you just have to really trust in the ones that you have landed and your muscle memory. And because if you fixate on the ones that you crash on or you do bad, then it'll get in your head and you'll continue to mess up. So you have to be really mentally strong um, within yourself to like yeah that might have happened once but I've done 20 good ones so that's kind of how I think about it so teach us about growing up in your household highly competitive did your parents push you or did they pull you did they just support you or did they say get in the gym right now or you, you, you or you'll never drive a car <laughs> I'm <laughs> um, very lucky I had very um, supportive parents that loved me um, they checked in with me they were like hey is this still something you want to do if it's not then like that's okay too we can try something else or um they did do this thing where if I was having a bad day and I was like I'm done I want to quit I don't want to be here 
they were like, okay, you can do that, um, but you have to have a good day first. So um, then I would I would have like a week of bad days, bad days. I was dramatic. But um, then I'd have one good day, and I would come home, and I'd be like, okay, I have, I have my good day. And they were like, okay, is it time to pull the plug? Like, do you want to quit? And I was like, no. <laughs> yeah, so they were very supportive um, throughout my whole career. There was never a point where I felt like they were pushing me too hard or not pushing me enough. So, so you have siblings? Yes, I have two siblings. Teach us about them. Are they athletic? Are they gymnasts? So um, growing up, my sister tried tumbling. She didn't like that. And then she did competitive cheer for a really long time. Um, and then she just realized that um, athletics wasn't for her. But she's a really cool person. <laughs> um, she's really good <laughs> at um, communicating with people. And that's something that like me and my little sister weren't very good at. To begin with, I think we're at a better place now, <laughs> but that for I sure wasn't know. our strong suit. And then my little sister actually takes after my dad and she runs track and she's doing that. Um, she ran it all of her high school career and then she's a sophomore in college now and she goes to NAU. Oh, yeah. Up in Flagstaff. Very, very cool. Yes. So you were a 12 time Arizona State champion. All around. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's incredible. Thank you. So with that background, why in the world would you choose to come to the University of Utah when ASU is lurking <laughs> in the sun devils looking through your window at night? <laughs> and you've got the Alumni Association trying to twist your arm because of your dad. Yeah. What other schools recruited you? And then why did you come to the U? Um, I had a few other schools. I was looking at Alabama. I was looking at UCLA. Um, I did look at ASU. Perhaps in the country. <laughs> <laughs> I did look at ASU. Um, it's taking me back. I wanted to go to Georgia for a little bit. Um, but then, Another one of the top five, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I knew I wanted to go to a top five school. Um, if I was in a position where I could, that's definitely something that I wanted to do. Um, I wanted to help contribute, possibly winning a national championship with so I wanted to put myself in the best place possible to be able to do that. Um, and then I found Utah and I was like, yes, I like that one. <laughs> so teach us why. Actually, no, I'll save that for the last question of the night when you need to, you know, put the big smile on again, look right in the camera and give us a sales pitch for, for everybody to come to the U. This episode is brought to you by Master Electrical. Thank you so much for taking care of our electrical needs. Let's just talk a little bit more about your personal life. How do you get mentally prepared for a meet? Okay. Are most meets in the evening or there's some during, you know, the, 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 you know, most part of a day because there's so many elements and you might have four teams competing in the same tournament or same meet. Yeah. So most of them are um, in the evening. So like six or seven, um, we do have a few that start at like one or two. Um, but for those night meets, um, Tom, our coach, does a really good job with um, preparing us in the preseason to make sure that we have our routine down the day before and on meet day to um, put ourselves in the best position possible for when we go to the meet. So um, all 15 of us have a very specific routine that we do, and we follow that because we know it works for us, and that way we're eliminating any stressors 
outside of um, gymnastics. That w- So when we do go to the meet, everything's handled. Everything is done the same, so we can just focus on what we're there to do. So are you superstitious? What's your routine? Okay. You don't step on any lines when you walk out on the floor. <laughs> so I'm actually probably you knock your hands three and a half times before you grab the bar teach us um so i'm actually one of the more laid-back people with um superstitions i am actually um superstitious about not being superstitious so if i find myself like um let's say stepping onto the vault runway with my left foot like more than three times, I have to purposely step with my right foot. <laughs> so it, nothing like gets in my head, even though it's definitely in my head if I have to do that. Um, so on meet day, I wake up. Um, if it's not an early meet, I just let myself naturally wake up. And um, my only rituals are I have to play Fortnite, a game of Fortnite, um, <laughs> before I leave my house. And I braid Jillian Hoffman's hair before we leave for the meet. Those are my only two that I absolutely have to do. So what do you eat? What's pregame meal? Oh, um, I, I love having, okay, so in club, it used to be mac and cheese. Then I got to college and I was like, that's probably not the smartest <laughs> decision. So now it's a Jimmy John sandwich. Um, it's called um, the number five veto, no onions, with a lemonade. <laughs> <laughs> I hope they're listening for another NIL opportunity <laughs> right now, girl. You should be. I can just see you at the next Red Rocks conference, and you got a Jimmy John's T-shirt on over your warm-up. This can go well. You know, oh big. yes, please. <laughs> You're so funny. So let's. Uh, Let's talk a little bit more serious. You know, I'm such a huge football fan. We have season tickets to football. I played football and baseball, as I said, and we have season tickets to Red Rocks and we're there cheering you on all the time. And with the tragedy of Aaron Lowe, I, I read how you used your NIL money and came together as a senior leader on our gymnastics team to fly Aaron's mom in for your senior night. Tell us that whole story, will you please? I, I'm fighting the tears asking you about it. Um, yes, of course. So um, uh, I got interviewed about um, her, Ty Jordan's aunt coming to one of our meets and she had watched us and I had no clue that she was there. So that kind of made me like a little sad that I couldn't go like talk to her and um, like share that moment with her. So then I heard that um, Aaron's mom and Ty Jordan's aunt were both going to be at the Metroplex Challenge in Texas because they both are from Texas. So then um, I made, after the meet, I went up and I talked to them and I was like, it's so fun to like be able to flash the 22 with you guys watching. Um, I love sharing that moment with you guys just so you can see like how much of an impact both of your boys made um, on not just football, but like everybody that they met in their lives. And I asked them, I was like, could you guys like come to another Huntsman or a meet in the Huntsman? And um, they said that they mentioned that they wanted to, but um, there was never really like a set plan. So then um, the week of senior night, I knew that that I was going to reach out to them and ask them if they could come. And um, basically, I wanted them to come on senior night because that was the meet we were going to debut the um our senior leotard so 
each senior class gets to design a leotard that we wear on senior night. So um, me, Abby, Miley, and Jillian all um, got together and we made this leotard and we thought since Aaron was so close to us that we wanted to put a 22 on it. So um, we put the 22 on the back and um, we do these things where we make a leotard reveal video. So um, for our fans to see, they play it and they post it on social media and that's like the big reveal of our senior leotard. And um, I thought it would be really cool since um, the, there's a 22 on it and um, our senior video reveal leotard was about um, Aaron and how much he meant to us. So I was like, that would be really cool if his mom could come down and like share that moment with us and actually see how much he made an impact on not only like his teammates, like his football player teammates, but also on like mostly like a lot of people throughout the athletic department. And um, so I was like, I'm in a position where I can um, use my money um, and fly her out. And so that's what I decided to do. I texted her and I was like, hey, um, do you think you could make it on Friday? I have a flight for you. Um, here's all the information. We made a video about Aaron, and I think you would love to hear it. So could you come and share that moment with us in person? And she was like, yes, absolutely. I would love to come. And then she came, and it was a really fun moment to share with her. That's so cool, so noble. We love you and honor you, my friend. Thank you so much. Hey, so what we need to do is is have you look in the camera, okay. flash that jillion dollar smile again, and uh, and share why every young man and young woman, you know, you're you're all pack twelve, you know, all academic as well. School matters to you. You're this well-rounded amazing young woman i honor you as i said but i want to make sure that everybody knows that once you once you're a student athlete the you 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 bleed red now everybody bleeds red we bleed cute yes and you make us so proud jane you got to know that thank you and there's a reason why the husband center has been sold out for years and years and years we've been going forever and it's because the University of Utah recruits and attracts classy, first-class human beings who happen to be student-athletes, yes. not the other way around. <laughs> so here's your chance. I want you to reach out to every young man and young woman in the country who's thinking about going into, into uh, D1 sports. Maybe, maybe I even impose on you. Let's just focus in on the, the gymnasts out there who are trying to decide where they can become the best version of themselves. And I'll let you figure out the words to get them to come to Utah. Oh gosh, this is a lot of pressure. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, I'll start by saying um, why I chose to come here. So um, I actually only went on one visit and that was here. So um, that just shows how much um, of an amazing program it was, and I wasn't even a part of it yet. And But I could just tell that everybody in there was 100% dedicated and 100% um, in. So I knew that that's where I wanted to be. Um, and then I got here, and um, my coaches, all four coaches, are amazing. Even the coaches that um, were in the past not here anymore um, were amazing. Um, I've made some of the best friends I've ever made here. Um, I love Mark Harlan. I love everybody, like literally everybody in um, on staff in 
um, Utah. It's just a really fun place to be, a really cool environment. Everybody is so loving and caring. And um, I would, I like genuinely have nothing bad to say about this university. So I think I chose the right one. And I think that if you chose to come here, it would change your life and um, it would be the right decision for you. Is that good? There you go. <laughs> yeah, she shoots, she scores, we win. Yeah. Hey, how do we follow you on uh, social media? How can we support you in the NIL world and start giving something back to you monetarily that you give us so much joy and firepower in our hearts watching you compete? Um, you know, <laughs> Uh, you Besides free Jimmy John sandwiches, <laughs> come on. I just love um, hearing um, all of your support. Um, a lot of my followers um, always text me and tell me um, how much I've helped them or how much this program has helped them. I love hearing that. Um, just anything that you think will make me smile, I'd love to hear it. <laughs> um, so how do we get a hold of you? How do we follow you? Um, you can follow me on I think my name is Jaden underscore Rucker. You can follow me there. You think? We, we got <laughs> no, because, talk, because it's either the <laughs> underscore is Jaden underscore Rucker or it's just Jaden Rucker. I think my TikTok is Jaden Rucker. You can follow me there. Um, my Instagram is Jaden underscore Rucker. And my Twitter should just be Jaden Rucker. <laughs> it's the fact that I don't know that. <laughs> okay, perfect, yeah. And nice fingernails. We finally see oh, them. That's good. Thanks. They blinded me. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Master Electrical, a number one supporter of the University of Utah running Utes. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, viewers, fans, Utes everywhere. This is Dan Clark, Power Players with Dan Clark. My guest has been Jaden Rucker, a senior gymnast on our world-famous national championship-winning Red Rocks gymnastics team. And of all the gymnasts on our, our program, of all the gymnasts that have ever come through our program, and I've known a whole bunch of them, you stand out, Jaden. Thank you so much for being so classy, so character-based, just so pleasant and beautiful inside and out. And I honor you and just know we support you forever, evermore, especially when you're done with this amazing career that you've that you've put so much time and effort into and uh, I hope you'll stay here to uh, partake of the Utah mountains and the Utah culture for the rest of your life. Thank you so much. That means a lot. The views and opinions expressed on the Power Players podcast do not necessarily reflect those of KUTV or Sinclair Broadcast Group.